You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. That is fun. Yep, give give Hollywood some clap. They did good. (laughs) But uh, the point of this, I'm going to go into my title. Honey, I shrunk the church. Honey, I shrunk the church. Oh my gosh. Honey, I shrunk the church. There can be some behaviors that we're allowing in our own heart that is, uh, you know, we're trying to work this thing out. We're trying to work the machine out. But all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I, I shrunk myself back. And then also my church shrunk back because of my thing and mess that's going on. And honey, I shrunk the church. So we don't want to find ourselves in heaven, seeing God, and being the wife in the back, just totally fainting back. Honey, I shrunk the church. What? (laughs) And so that's what God is going to do, is he's going to highlight some things today that um, are going to uh, step us out from being shrunk back in life. So let's get to that. Be really, really good today. Um, Yep, let's not be in a place where we say, honey, I shrunk the church. We're going to do things wisely and uh, live in the right behavior. All this stuff is coming from the Bible. So good news. This is good news for you. Good news for me. And uh, so we're going to go into point number one of honey, I shrunk the church. Are you hospitable or are you hostile? Ooh. Are you hospitable or are you hostile? So... People will flood in for the anointing and will drain out with a lack of hospitality. People will flood in for the anointing and will drain out with a lack of hospitality. Our church, the reason why I love Awaken Church is because when we first came here 10 years ago, it was a church that I felt the presence of God. It was something that we were hungry for. We were trying to find it. We were, you know, church shopping at that time because we were coming from a small town in, uh, in California, Oakdale, California, to big city, uh, you know, San Diego. And so we We wanted to try to find the right church. And uh, so when we came to this church, we felt the anointing and the presence of God. And it was so sweet. It's so refreshing. When you come into a house of God that has worship like this, where you can just kind of let everything go, raise your hands, and feel the presence of God in our life. So it's something really awesome that I love about our church that we're all a part of is that a sweet anointing, working in miracles, the signs and wonders and healings. We get to see all that fun stuff. And people will flood in for that. They're going to flood in. Salt Lake City, it's going to be one of those places where, oh my gosh, from the highways and byways, this city is like a city on a hill. It's a light in in this valley. People are going to flood and they're just craving what we have here. And it's exciting. But with a lack of hospitality, we can drain people out. So here's some scripture for you. And I'm sorry, I, am, I won't apologize, but I am. I'm using the amplified version. And so what that does is it amplifies everything. So it might be a little long at the beginning, but you can bear with me. You're going to like it. It's the Bible. It'll give you life. So 1 Peter 4, 9 through 10. Be hospitable to one another without complaint just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another 
is a, it's appropriate for a good, uh, sorry, employ in serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. Amen. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to read eight verses. Are you guys ready? Buckle up, ready to go. If I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love for other, or I should continue this because it's amplified, so it's a little different, but it's exciting. But have not love for others growing out of love, God's love for me, then I have become only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, just an annoying distraction. And if I have the gift of prophecy and can speak a new message from God to the people and understand all mysteries and possesses all knowledge, and if I have all sufficient faith, faith so that I can re- remove mountains, but do not have love, reaching out to others, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it does me no good at all. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. We can literally read the whole Bible and be like, this is awesome. I have altar call. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in one another, hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades nor ends. But as for prophecies, they will pass away. Tongues, it will cease. Gifts of special knowledge, it will pass away. A hospitable church. When I think of hospitality and I read the love chapter, which a lot of us know, it's the love chapter. But why did I say, uh, you know, hospitality? Um, Hospitality. The reason why I say that, when we think of hospitality, we think of, you know, I'm going to invite some people over. I'm going to put out the nice plates and and napkins. I'm going to, you know, create like a little dove out of my napkins for them. And I'm going to put, you know, the nice silverware all out. I'm going to have all these different glasses for different things. When they leave, I'm going to ask them, would you like a fresh cold bottle of water? Would you like that? And when they enter in, can I take your jacket for you? Can I get your purse? Can I put, we're going to put it right here. We make them feel comfortable. Let me ha- put you by the cozy fire and give you a blanket. And how are you doing? You know, so with hospitality, the reason why I'm trying to highlight hospitality is because if I just said love, a lot of us would say, yeah, I have, I have love in my heart. I'm a loving person. Like if I was to look at myself, of course I love people. But if you're not working out hospitality, is that actually true? Do you actually have the love of Christ in you that's working out in hospitality? So as people come in, as people come into the church, are we hospitable? Do we see people and, and, and re- rejoice? Oh, I love you. You're amazing. Come on in. It's like their first time. And you're like, how do you love me already? But okay. <laughs> but what is a hospitable church? A hospitable church will smile. They will smile. Let's see everyone smile with the brightness of your teeth with joy. It's a really good feeling. We, we smile to one another, and uh, we don't wait for someone to smile first. We, take, we do the smile first. Go forth. 
with your beautiful smiles. We invite people out to lunch. We're not a church that just comes in and out, but we actually engage with people. We connect with people. We're hospitable. We love one another. We invite someone out to lunch. We welcome people with open arms. We get their number right away. Yep, we follow up. We don't just welcome them in the first time that they come and, and you know, they're kind of like, whoa, what is this church? They're, you know, loving me, hugging me, telling me how awesome this yellow marigold uh, jacket is. Thank you, Hillary, for commenting on this. Yeah, it makes you feel really good. So you'll feel really good when you come into the church and people are saying how awesome you are, how good looking you are. And then you're kind of, you know, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I am awesome. I am good. Oh, worship's amazing. I'm going to raise my hands to the Lord because I'm feeling awesome today. And then you come back the next, next week, and it's your second time, and then you're like, wait a minute. Where's all the nice people? How come they're ignoring me? They walk by me. They're not even saying anything. That would be just, you know, that would be a hostile church if that's happening. We love people. We welcome people in. When we follow up with them, we don't just leave them on the curb and say, you're amazing. We love you first day. And then just kind of, we did our good job. We did our due diligence. We ask questions to hear their story. That is an amazing thing to ask about how, what's your story? How did you get here? Have you lived in Salt Lake for a long time? Um, you know, tell me more about you. Like, you're fit. Tell me what you do. I want to learn how to be fit. That's awesome. And uh, what will a hostile church do? A hostile church will be threatened when a new person comes in. Oh my goodness. I thought, you know, somebody told me that this yellow marigold jacket was, you know, amazing. And so I feel like I'm on top of the world. I feel really good. And then next week, some person comes in with a striped marigold shirt on with a cute little hat. Who are they? This cute little button up, wearing high heels girl. I thought I was that person. And you're threatened by this new beautiful person coming in. That would be a hostile church. Don't be threatened by new people. A hostile church is closed off and doesn't invite people in with open arms. They could be wrapped up with their own schedule. A church can just say, you know, Sundays are my, they're just my day. I'm going to come in and uh, I'm going to join everyone on the second worship song so then I don't have to talk to anybody. And then when they start doing the whole altar call thing, I'm just going to leave because I don't like talking to people. But, you know, I feel like I should be in church. I'm going to go. But, you know, like I'm just going to close myself off, not engage, not love others. And you're losing the hospitality in the church. That would be a hostile church. Are you guys okay? I didn't warn you guys like I warned the first service because I think, you know, I think you guys heard me the first service. So I didn't warm you up like I did the first service. But I feel like this is a message that has a little bit of cheekiness. And we are under the amazing anointing of Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, which is exciting. And so, yes, there is a little bit of cheekiness, but you guys are doing okay, right? All right. Good, 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 good. So yes, a hostile church will judge people. New, new people will feel that coldness. And though they're coming into a church, like I said, that operates in the gifting, in the anointing, they could be getting a prophetic word right when they come um, that spoke directly to the heart. If they don't feel love from others, 
they will not, uh, they won't come back. And people are settling in churches that don't have that power of God, that don't have the anointing, that aren't lighting people up and, and stirring up those gifts. People are staying in churches like that, having, you know, kind of like this this wall against like the, this open, beautiful heaven, the anointing, the heaven of God into their own heart. But they're, they're staying in that place because they're actually getting connected with people. My friends are here, so I'm good. But if, so we need to be very careful with that as a church. Let's make sure we welcome people. Yes. Amen. So yes, if you are operating without hospitality, you're just a really loud noise that nobody likes to hear. A big gong, it's draining the church. It's not only draining the church, but it's draining yourself because if you can't love others, you're not loving yourself. So God is adding people, but are we seeing them? We need to see them and not be a church of clicks. So um, it's Connect Sunday, right? Which is very happy and joyous. We're excited. We connect with God and we connect with others. We like to have fun. And the reason why that actually Pastor Matt and I are here today is because when we stepped into the church a little over 10 years ago, we were, um, it was said that we were like on tuggle time, which is like, I'm running 15 minutes late. So as I knocked you, if you guys ever came late, don't worry, I'm knocking myself and we'll all work this out together. But so I was walking up to Awaken Church, we're new coming, you know, to San Diego and uh Anyway, uh, we see a beautiful smile, a beautiful face in front of the church, and she's going like this with us saying, hi, and I'm like, oh, oh she's talking to me, hello, you know, I'm, I'm getting excited, opening up, and uh, so I come up, and she's like, oh, I love your dress, I'm like, oh, thank you, you know, because I'm trying to dress the part of San Diego, you know, and be all cute, and uh, so she liked my dress, and then she said, hey, I have a couple seats, and uh, they were in like the second row. I have a couple seats saved, and uh, I would love for you to sit with my, my, me and my husband. And I was like, oh, of course, I already love you because you're just showering me with compliments, so of course I want to be around you. And so then, you know, we walk up, and we sit down, and we're sandwiched in between this beautiful, amazing couple. So it kind of forces you to not get out, <laughs> you know? Something was bothering us or triggered us. It was like a trap. But... <laughs> But we loved it. We loved it. We had, we came in and, uh, you know, our church, Pastor Yugen and Leanne, they're, they're from Australia. So our church, for those of you who are new, we have people, or uh, people, we have people, but we have churches in San Diego. That's where it started. And it's in Salt Lake City. So we're growing everywhere. It's awesome. Yep. <laughs> And uh, so, but when we came in, um, I, it's not like I had friends that were Australian at the time. So accents, I just didn't, so we, I didn't understand the message fully. So it, that's just, it's, it's just a minute detail. Um, wasn't able to understand, but the love that I got from other people, even the friends that were sandwiching us in, they're actually pastors today because probably because of their love, God's highlighted that with them. But um, they, uh, it's Pastor Drew and him and Davies, but they sandwiched us in and uh, we just felt so much love from them. It was the most hospitable church that I've ever been to. We go outside, there's nice little treats out there. So we're just staying and eating things and just enjoying some good Kool-Aid, whatever it was, and just happy with life. 
And, uh, and even though we, again, like now with their accents, it's not, it, I can't understand everything they're saying. <laughs> it's, you know, I feel like they're talking just like me. But anyway, the point is with the hospitality, even though I couldn't really understand everything, some people that can come here and they're like, man, why is she so happy? And, and it's, it's loud. Can somebody get some cotton in my ears? Like, I don't know what's going on. I might not understand everything. Why are they jumping and shouting? And like, that's a little crazy, but they're doing it. You know, like I might not understand everything, but the love that I have from the people here, the hospitality that is in this place with these people, why would I go anywhere else? And the amazing thing is that we champion people here. We, we love you, and that's why we, we, we try to go after those, uh, the, those spiritual gifts that God gave us access to. That's why we love to uh, move in, in the prophetic, because what does that do? That builds the church. You can come in, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I heard this word directly that pierced my soul. This is a word from heaven directly to me. And, you know, I came in with a, a broken, broken knee, and I'm getting healed. There's all these amazing things, but, but everything will dissipate and drain out if, even if we have all those things, if we don't have hospitality. So I think I nailed that. That's point number one. Point number two, are you mature or immature? Mature or immature? This might be, uh, you know, it could be said like, oh, this is like a leadership message. I'm just coming in for the first time. You know, I come from something. Uh, what is this? But honestly, God wants you to grow and get discipled in his house. He doesn't want to keep you stuck where you are. He wants to continue to grow and develop you. And these aren't just thoughts coming from me. It's biblical. When we read our Bible, it corrects us. We have to just understand those behaviors that can creep in that need to get plucked out. So are you mature or are you immature? Immaturity brings about a stench that repels people from the house of God. I will say this stinky little point again. Immaturity brings about a stench that repels people from the house of God. Maybe we're stinky. I don't know. This is, again, if I'm saying something that's hitting you, don't target me. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man or a woman, I did away with childish things. <laughs> did away with them. So what childlike, immature behavior do we need to put off? So I'm just going to list some things out here. Are we gossips? The Bible is very clear that we should not be gossips. Do we speak to the right, we need to speak to the right person if we have a problem with gossiping. You are not allowed to spread rumors or gossip that causes division. And the, what the devil loves the most is division in his house. So we have to be really mindful of gossip and make sure we go to the right person. We are vulnerable, but we do not expose all of our emotions on social media or on group threads. We share with close friends. So if I just got, if I, you know, was going out with somebody, we just broke up, you know, I, I'm not going to go on my Instagram and then just start spilling everything out. You guys, I'm over here with my sweater and, and I have no makeup on. Woe is me. I just broke up and he, he ripped my heart out. And, you know, so we're not doing that. It 
so you can try to get some attention. But as, as disciples of Christ, we are not going to act that way. So we share with the right people. When we forgive people, we're vulnerable in the right way. We are not competitive. I know some of you are like, what? That's one of my top gifts in the Strengths Finder test is I'm competitive. What are you saying we're not competitive? Well, if we are competing with one another, trying to one-up one another, that is immaturity. We are competing against spiritual darkness, not one another, okay? So that is it. But we will, I said this last time, if there's like an athlete in here, we will pray for you to win because we love that. But anyway, don't be trying to, you know. So we do not scoff or mock each other, laugh and say, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, we are not jealous. You will know how you weigh on the maturity scale when you get triggered. So if something triggering comes your way, that will show your true colors. For example, if you're in work and somebody gets a promotion, immaturity will say, well, you're getting a demotion. That if somebody else is, you know, you can see like, how are they getting all these praises? But what about me? You know, that is what immaturity will say to you. Maturity will say, I'm going to clap for you, I'm going to praise, and I'm going to, you know, join with what people are saying, and just know my time for promotion is coming. I'm good. I'm good. I'm secure, and I'm mature, and, you know, we're here. We're going to praise one another, and we're going to encourage one another. We need to weep when others weep and rejoice when others rejoice and not vice versa. Okay, birthday parties. So today is the church's 16th birthday party. So birthday parties, um, they're, they're a thing in our house, especially when we have two boys under the age of, um, you know, five. I have a three-year-old and a four-year-old. But anyway, birthdays, they're very close in age. And um, it's kind of like a thing. We, um, we, of course, throw birthday parties. We celebrate people, you know, but we kind of know, like, it's, so it was Levi's birthday coming up last year. It was at a pumpkin patch. We're having all these fun hay rides, and he's getting all these amazing treats and cake time and all this fun stuff. Anyway, so we kind of knew that Asher would be there when it's time for him to open up presents and just letting out a big wine and pout. How come my brother is getting birthday gifts? What about me? And I'm going to go over here and cry. And what? He's got the whole Paw Patrol set. He's got the adventure. He got Incredible Hulk. What? Like, where's my gift? And me. And it just, we kind of knew that that was going to come up because they have a problem. Like, when we go to Walmart or whatever we go to, we kind of know now. Like, they've trained us. It's a bad thing that if we get, if we want to give Hulk for uh, Levi, Asher also has to have the same exact Hulk. Nothing can have a defect on it. If there's a defect, there's gonna, they're going to fight over the good toy. It's just there's a problem, you know. And um, so, which is maturity. So, it's somewhat acceptable for a two-year-old to behave like that. We kind of know, yep, they're going to, they're learning, you know. But it is not acceptable for a 32-year-old to behave like that. We need to grow in our maturity. We need to leave behind some childish 
ways. Amen. Are we a stench? When Asher's going like this, I can smell a stench from him. Are we a stench in our immaturity or choosing to be mature, wise, loving, drawing people into the house of God with our sweet, sweet Lake City fragrance? All right. Point number three. Are you empowering or controlling? Yes. Empowering. Someone just said, can we skip this one? <laughs> Are you empowering or controlling? We need to highlight this because this could be shrinking us back in return, shrinking back the body in the house of God, where really he wants to empower the church. He wants to empower us so that we're not shrinking back. So are you empowering or are you controlling? An empowered life comes from the Lord, but a controlling person sucks life out. I say these things twice. An empowered life comes from the Lord, but a controlling person sucks life out. 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 6. Such is the confidence and steadfast resilience and absolute trust that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficiently qualified in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency and qualifications come from God. He has qualified us, making us sufficient as ministers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ, not of the letter of a written code, but of the Spirit. For the letter of the law kills by revealing sin and demanding obedience, but the Spirit gives life. The law kills, but the Spirit gives life. The law kills, but the Spirit gives life. Um, when I was preparing for this message, um, you know, trying to find some Hollywood clips, I really wanted to uh, use Will Ferrell because Will Ferrell is awesome. I don't know, show of hands. It's really like a love or hate situation. Some people are like obsessed, like, I want to meet you. You're the funniest person. And some people are like, he is the most crude guy ever. Turn that show off. And so anyway, I'm very much on the scale of the other side. And so I was looking at the show, uh, it's called Step Brothers. Step Brothers? Yep, there you go. Thank you, John Lang. You can help me in this next part. But um, so, anyway, so Step Brothers, which I shouldn't actually condone because there are some very bad parts into it, but Will Ferrell, big fan. And uh, so, there's a part where there's a, a family, it's his, uh, one of the brothers that are in the car, right? So it's in their car, and, uh, and he's trying to get his whole family to sing a song on point. Do you guys remember that? Do you remember it? It's one of the best parts of the whole movie. It is so good. And so what, how it goes is, you know, he's over there, and I'm going to try to sing it. And that's what, you know, I'm like, it's the anointing, and it's the cheekiness of Pastor Leanne that would even try to get me. So just don't feel awkward. I'm, I'm not going to hit all of it. But you can sing along with me, okay, John Lang? Okay. It's really quick. It's really quick. It's going to get us out of our shell because I've been hammering. I've been the velvet hammer. So how does it go? It goes, uh, let's see, she's, she's got, she's got, she's got a smile and it's plain to see. Memories. That's the extent. Yeah. Oh, oh, sweet child of mine. I don't know. I can't. Mine. There you go. So for the, 
the ear sensitive people. But anyway, it was literally the best thing ever. And I feel like it's a somewhat our family. It's really funny. We'll be in the car. I'm in the passenger side. And then Matt's over here driving. And, you know, we have these demanding kid voices in the back saying, play this song. You got to play the home song. For some reason, my son Levi is obsessed with this coming home song. And it starts out with, are you disappointed? <laughs> are you desperate for help? I don't know why, but he just wants to keep playing it. Is it his cry for help? We don't know. Maybe he's praying to the Lord. <laughs> So anyway, anyway, so we are in this car and, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's really get into this song. And I even put my hands, you know, like, so that I feel like I'm teaching the kids how to sing, you know, like we are going to hit this note. Whoa, sweet child of mine. And they're all in the back and they're singing and we're jamming. And then uh, it's just like that guy in the car that, uh, you know, from Step Brothers. And then he turns to his wife and she starts to sing and she's just, she hates being in that car with this happy, annoying song. And she's over there singing, like looking out the window. Are you disappointed? Are you desperate for help? Like she's just over there. And uh, she's not feeling it. Like a song that should be really fun and life-giving. It, it became really controlling, right, in the car. That dad was a super, super controlling guy. So for her, she just became under that spirit of control where uh, she just started to become really apathetic and really just, which means lifeless. She's just there kind of like, Bleh. you know, when I did that earlier, eh. That was her, just hating life. But that's what will happen with control. Control will do that. So a, a story about Matt and I. So we got married about, uh, let's see, like a little over 10, 11 years ago. And, um, and we knew each other for about five and a half years. And then we're even friends like for another, what, like five plus years before then. So we really knew each other. And it's like, we're so in love. We've, we've been waiting for this moment to get married, you know, just in love with each other. And so uh, we have the honeymoon and then we come home. At that time, uh, we're living in my grandmother's house. My grandmother isn't living there, but was the house that I grew up in that was hers. And um, it's, an, it's, a, it's a cute old older type of, um, it's on a farm. There's cows out there. And uh, when it gets cold, it gets really cold. When it gets, it gets hot, you're like super hot. And there's different things that would show up, like, you know, big ants. There were like large ants and uh, frogs. It was just like this plague. You know, whatever you read in the, in the plague, it, we had that. And lizards, um, yeah. And so anyway, it was just one of those environments, but you know, we're happily married and we, we, we get to have, live in this home. And so anyway, at that time, uh, my, one of my first jobs, I was the community relations manager of Barnes and Noble. So what I did is I went out there and I talked to schools and do you need bulk sales? I've got you. I'll get you the best deal and, uh, whatever it could be. And so it was my, it was my job. And so I was getting ready and and uh, when I, I'm not a morning person, and so I was trying to uh, do my whole facial regime, you know. And I'm ending at the, you know, my, my mascara is like the last thing. So I'm putting on my mascara and making sure everything's good. You know, my sweet husband gave me a coffee in the morning, so it's very kind of him. And, uh, but then I look over and, you know, as I'm having this anxiety and kind of anger inside of me, I look over and there's just a beautiful, clear shot 
of my sweet husband sitting on top of the counter, the kitchen counter. Um, He's happy, you know, very happy about life, happy that we got married. He has no shoes on, you know, he's just kind of sitting up there, his feet just happily dangling. He's ha- and, then, and then on top of that happiness, he has a guitar. He has a guitar and he's, he's strumming it. And I think he's actually, I didn't know if he was serenading me or, um, or if it was just like a beautiful worship song. He's, he's just praising the Lord in his gladness. His mercies are new every morning with a beautiful smile. And then as I am over here getting really frustrated with this happy environment, um, I was just getting ready, time's coming, and then boom, I hit my funny bone on this this door because we live in this tiny little, tiny little thing. And, uh, and I, you know, I slam the door and I say a word that I just can't say in church right now. So scream it out. And then I walk out and then I go to Barnes and Noble. Anyway, so that was the start literally of a long journey of me trying to pluck out and continue to adjust control in my own life. My control over him, my control over myself. I put a lot of pressure on myself to be perfect. Um, you know, when I grew up, I played the piano. I, I did all of these like individual sports. I, I did tennis and oh yeah, I'll golf. And it's like, oh, I did all these individual things. I don't know how to work as a team. And so anyway, so it's like this perfectionist thing. And um, so it played out in our marriage, this control. And my husband, we've been through a lot of healing together that Friday night with Dr. Brian and uh, Dr. Robin is going to be really good (laughs) for marriages. But um, my sweet husband, the, the guy that I fell in love with, like crazy head over heels in love with, is this guy who is just, it's a larger than life type of thing. He's jumped out of a plane before. Um, you know, he was the rally commissioner in high school. Um, he, should I? I shared this in the last service, and they're like, why did you share that? I'm like, well, I don't know, but he's larger than life. He was in this rally commissioning game thing, and he started throwing out tampons to people. Like, that's what he did. He's just over here frolicking. Phew. I know. The context, I don't know what the context is. You'll have to come up and, and save yourself. But for some weird reason, I was attracted to that. You know, he, that's the larger than life thing. I was attracted to you. I am attracted to you. And uh, so that's who he is. And then over time, he became the youth pastor at the church that we met at growing up in. And, you know, he would he would gather, like, these teams together, dodgeball. He has, like, all this, like, sweatbands. He's like the dodgeball guy, Zoolander. Mm. And uh, so that was him. But then after um, our, our years of marriage, I started to see my husband just disappear and dwindle away. So much so that I'm just like, man, who are you now? You're some type of like business guy, like all like, no, I got this. And there's no, there's no life. Like what about the fun, reckless part of you? Like the life-giving part. And I just felt like I lost him and he's gone. But that's exactly what that spirit of control will do is that it causes somebody to be apathetic, to be lifeless. And he stopped being a life of the party. He just became very serious. 
And uh, he wasn't his free and happy self, playing the guitar with no shoes on. And uh, so apathetic people, caused by controlling people, and it, it's your choice. You, got it. you choose to listen to those controlling people that tell you what you need to say or do or eat or dress. That was so me. I would get so caught up in the culture of San Diego that I'd say, Matt, why are you wearing those cutoff t-shirts? That's not allowed here in San Diego. You don't do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them away, Salvation Army. And, uh, you know, or, or eating, like, you know, are, you're, you're eating what? You're eating carbs? That's terrible for you. How dare you eat carbs? Do you know how many pounds you're gonna gain because of that? And so that is a terrible person, me, and it was this religion that I was under, this control. And then he felt like his voice doesn't matter. He couldn't be himself. Your gift or ability that you want to volunteer or give in the house of God, um, you might have that and feel like a stirring, but some controlling person will say, no, there's no room for you. There's no room for you here. I can't entrust you with this. I'm at the top right here and I got this whole thing under control. And then people are coming in hungry and getting a taste of what it's like to be free, a taste of freedom. But then all of a sudden they become stuck because they're not empowered. Awakened Church is a church of empowerment. And you need to under, you. that's why at the beginning I was saying here, man, there's people that need to know you are loved. You are so loved. God loves you. He wants to highlight you. He does highlight you. You are empowered by God. And there can be some things that get stuck, some hurdles that we can't get over that's causing us to stay and be stuck in a place of apathy. Control fears imperfection. So for me as a controlling person, I was really fearful of imperfection. So if you feel like I just need everything to be perfect, there's absolutely no grace for myself. And for sure, there would be no grace for my husband. So it's that control that fears imperfection, a life without grace for yourself. And what does it do? It sucks life out of you and it sucks life out of the church. People can't be fun and they can't be free. But perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. We're a church that sees gold. We see gold in you. That's why I love the prophetic because it's building one another. It's, it's literally highlighting the gold that is inside of you. And we're also not afraid that as we empower you and as we see the gold that's from God, we're not afraid to start sifting the dirt out. That's called process. We start seeing like, oh my gosh, you are gonna be an amazing, I just see like a, a, a ministry or you're gonna be a, like a prophet to the nations or whatever, so who knows what could be said, an amazing pastor. And so we see that and it's like, wow, yes, God is like, is setting my heart now on fire. That's what he called me to do. And uh, so now it's like, let's, let's walk through the process. Let's sift things out. If uh, you're called to, to preach and teach, but you don't know how to pray, come to men's, Men and Women's Prayer on every Tuesday and Thursday for the women, Tuesday for the men. Let us uh, learn and, so you can learn and, and grow into your, uh, into praying and, and speaking with authority. It's your identity in Christ. That's what we stand on. 
um, if you're called to be a leader in the church and you feel like, man, God is highlighting me, you know, I'm gonna be a leader. I know I'm called to just rule, you know, I'm gonna rule. And, uh, but you're not willing to, to go through the process of maybe going through DNA, going through DNA. DNA is where you learn about just our, the church and our culture, why we believe and what we believe and working all that stuff out. Why do they speak in tongues there? That's what we answer your question there. And uh, so if you're not willing to go through the process and submit to a process, how can that gold be sifted out? If you're called to, again, like connect groups, Today, today's Connect Sunday, and you're feeling like, yes, come on, get your green card and fill it out, people. It's going to be good. We're called to connect to God and connect to, to others. If you feel like you can't first go to a connect group, like you're above that, and then second, if you're going to a connect group, well, I should lead one. Okay, well, then can you then be just a host, a connect group host, and I'm going to learn from these leaders. I'm going to let other people lead. Can you do that? It doesn't mean that God isn't going to give you a promotion or that isn't an assignment of God in your life. Uh, far from it. It's just we, we're submitting to God. We're as disciples of followers of him so we can work our uh, ish out. And so then if we're allowed to, uh, you know, if we allow other leaders to lead us, then yes, then you're able to start leading. And it's a beautiful thing. Our church is a church of empowerment. You are very loved in the best feeling, the best thing about our church is that, uh, and it should be all the, the Christian churches, but is that God sees you, you are seen, you have something great inside of you. There's great purpose and great destiny in your life. God formed you in the womb and he was intentional with forming you in the womb. And he has a great plan for each and every one of you. But then if you feel like, okay, I can hear that, but you're not actually receiving it fully. Maybe you were, you're operating in a spirit of control like I was. <laughs> I wanted, you know, I felt like that's my way to put my guard up was through perfection. So people can't get in inside me and see me. But maybe you're a person operating out of control. You don't have any grace for yourself. You can't receive the grace of God. And in return, you can't have grace for other people. Or maybe you are a uh, kind of like my husband, Pastor Matt, <laughs> where I, had, I put him through hell and torture with my controllingness. And he started to become, he started to fade away and become dim. He wasn't that happy, life-giving, life of the party guy that I married. Um, and then you're coming under that uh, basically uh, apathy and you're letting somebody control you. Your, your voice isn't heard. You're not speaking up. You're just kind of letting things be. What if this is you this morning? And I'm going to um, have everyone stand to your feet because we're coming, we're closing up. But this is going to be an altar that basically starts from here and goes all the way to the back of the room. <laughs> and I feel like you are here for a reason, that God, God wants to work some things out in our own heart, in our own world, through our behaviors, through our choices, that uh, if we don't deal with them correctly, how are we going to see the fullness of God in our life? How are we going to be a reflection of Him? How is our church going to be a reflection of Him? Even though He's created you with great purpose and destiny, He's given you gifts, 
He's given you the, the gift of, of healing or working in signs and miracles. He's given you all these amazing things. He's given you a gift to teach other people, but you haven't received the love of Christ in your heart and you've let yourself be a controlling person or you've let yourself come under the spirit of control. Today is the day to take that, those roots out, to do some Holy Spirit adjustment. So let's all lift our hands to God and open our hearts to Him. God, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for your, your sweet fragrance that even if some things can come across as it being corrective or having an adjustment, God, we thank you that you are our counselor, God, you're our helper. And God, that we can choose today to make a change, to, uh, to press on, to move forward in a mature way, to not be immature Christians, but God, that we put off childish things. God, that we let our guard down to you, God. We become vulnerable to you. We ask you to heal our hearts, God. Heal our hearts from control. Heal our hearts from perfection, from performance. Heal our hearts from coming under a, a controlling voice like how I was. Heal us for, for uh, just coming under that and and losing ourselves. God, that's not your plan for us to be lost in the midst of control. God, pour out your love today, God, your hospitality. This church is a church that operates with love and hospitality, working out love, working out hospitality as we serve other people. Thank you, Lord. I pray today that we will leave changed, that we'll make some decisions that follow you. God, that we won't be set back, but we are going to advance and move forward. God, I thank you. This is a church of healing signs and wonders, of, of the prophetic of your voice, of literally being a beacon of light to Salt Lake City and beyond. And God, as we accept this, amazing mission that you have for our church, we will also accept the, uh, our mission to, to make the right step moving forward. Each step is directed by you, our maturity, our behaviors. We're gonna treat our spouse correctly. We're gonna treat our kids correctly. We're gonna treat our employees correctly and we're gonna serve one another in love and in your grace, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.